0: Thank you. I'm Jim Swan.
1: And I'm Linda Smith, CEO of the Better Business Bureau, serving Western Ontario.
0: Today on Ask BBB, we could start out with poetry. But as Joyce Kilmer wrote, I think I shall never see a poem as lovely as a tree. So we'll just talk about trees with Pam Cook, who is the Plant Health Care Manager of CLC Tree Services. Plus, your wedding. You've dreamed of it since childhood. BBB has a new resource to help you plan your dream wedding with tips, resources, and trusted businesses.
1: And we look forward to that, but first, we welcome Pam Cook of CLC Tree Services here in London. Welcome to Ask BBB, Pam. Thanks. Pam, you've talked before on the program about caring for trees. Now that spring has officially arrived, we want to ask about planting new trees.
0: What's the first thing you should do if we're thinking about adding a tree to the landscape, Pam?
2: Well, the first recommendation is always get your soil tested.
0: Hmm. Uh, why are soil tests important?
2: Well, the soil where your tree is where your tree is going to live. And that tree has got to have a whole bunch of different um, exposure and soil things that actually are required by that tree.
1: So does that mean we might not be able to plant just any tree?
2: Not just any tree grows in every site. Some things are site-specific, some like clay, some like sand, some like lots of moisture, some like dry soil. So it's all about knowing that soil context and that soil makeup to make the right choice for what type of tree you want to plant.
0: So uh, what all is involved in, in a soil test and what will it tell you, Pam?
2: So soil tests are a bit complicated and it's not something just the average homeowner might have a grasp on. Um, but what we do is we come to site with a, a six-inch soil probe. We take a core sample and we send it off to a lab. Um, the lucky thing with our London area is we have a world-renowned lab right here in the city called ANL l Labs. Mm-hmm. Um, and they do a full workup on the soil. They send back a pretty scientific little document um, that gives us all the information we need to know about the right choices to make with that soil type.
0: So what are some of the things that, that you discover then? Can you change the soil?
2: It's a really tough thing to change your soil. It's a lot easier to just make the right choices for your soil. Um, Sometimes you find that there's really heavy clay, really heavy sand. Uh, Sometimes it's low fertility. Sometimes there's lots of fertility. And it really gives you a better opportunity to choose a tree that's going to survive in those conditions.
0: Mm. What are some of the things that you've discovered in the London area when... You've done these uh, tests. And...
2: Well, the neat thing is is that you can kind of hypothesize that Byron's going to be sandy. Old North and, and Old South is going to be pretty heavy clay. Um, but sometimes we do get surprised by finding an entirely sandy site in the Masonville area. And that changes what we can plant or how we need to remediate to move forward with that planting.
1: So how do you re- remediate, and can you change the composition of the soil to the tree that you want to plant?
2: 90% of the times you can't. Um, when you're in a heavy sand or heavy clay situation, you've got clay, and the best thing to do is choose that tree that's going to be happy there. Um, in a new build scenario where it's a brand new house, you've got no landscaping or very little or brand new sod, and you find out you've got very little or no topsoil at all, that's your best opportunity to take that couple inches, maybe four to six inches of that top layer and put a good layer of topsoil down so you can facilitate a wider variety of plants and trees.
0: So if we're looking at an established uh, lawn and you do a test, we maybe want to either replace a tree or uh, do a tree there. There's some things you might find that are specific to that lawn, um, maybe because of the fertilizers I've put on it or... Mm -hmm. Because of the number of winters that it's gone
2: through? Yeah. So sometimes we do get surprised by how much salt is built up in that soil. Um, Inappropriate use of fertilizer, uh, excessive amounts of fertilizer. Um, We all want to be safe in the winter. We want to have a safe walk from our our driveways to our cars. And we want to make sure that there's enough salt down to melt all that ice. But all of that gets shoveled up onto the lawn and we find high salt concentrations, especially in our clay areas of London, that are actually becoming toxic to those trees and plants.
0: Okay, so we see a tree that we have and it's in trouble. Um, Do you do soil tests around that tree and does that tell you something about why it's in trouble?
2: Absolutely. We had about three or four scenarios last year where you look at the tree and you kind of scratch your head and go, what's going on? So we sent a soil sample away, um, found out that an average tree can handle up to about 1.5% concentration of salt in the soil. Um, Some of these trees were up to 12 to 18% saturation. And the decline of these trees went from a perfectly healthy tree stand to almost half dead in a matter of months. Um, Two different scenarios. One was from um, the snow melt and all the salt from the ice melter. The second was from saltwater pools. And the long-term dumping of salt water on the root systems of these trees has actually killed them to a point where we need to come in and remediate.
1: So are there things we should be doing for an existing tree at this time of year to prevent problems?
2: Absolutely. I mean, the first thing is to call in a professional. It's a great idea to have. If you're thinking that, you know, you've noticed some issues with your trees over the last couple of years and you want to get a good grasp and a jump on the season because maybe you've let it go over the last couple of years, have somebody come in, explain what you've noticed and make an assessment. Um, the best thing is to get a soil test done if you've noticed decline. Um, a lot of the times, a trained professional can look at the canopy of a tree, look at the exposed root system of a tree, and get a, a good idea what could be going wrong, and then delve into soil testing, potential fertilization, and, and long-term health of the tree.
0: We know there are a couple of things that have been going on around London, the uh, emerald ash borer. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that still a problem?
2: Well, it's funny. We just came back from a conference talking about emerald ash borer, and the levels of emerald ash borer in our area are lower, but that's only because the ash trees are almost all gone. The ones that are are behind are still infected with emerald ash borer. Um, they're still plagued and still need to get be treated. Um, but there are some positive things on the horizon, but I think ash trees are going to be a small portion of our forest going
0: forward. So that is a, a common problem we probably can't do much about. Are there point. other common problems that people might see in some of their uh, trees?
2: One of the big things people are calling about now is their blue spruce trees. Mm-hmm. Um, the, most of them have been infected with a rhizopharia fungal infection. Um, it also gets a secondary uh, infection of cytosporic canker, And it's a real shame because they're almost like the next ash tree, Um, where the tops will always be beautiful and healthy, the bottoms are slowly dying out. Um, It won't outright kill the tree, but it will get to a point of it not looking attractive in the landscape anymore, and they'll need to be removed.
0: So uh, how long a time would that be? Um...
2: By the time an average homeowner notices the decline, it's probably been about five years within the tree system already. And at that point, there is really nothing that we can do to treat it other than to keep it well-watered and healthy and happy. Um, The strongest immune system a tree can have is the best resource, um, but there's nothing that we can do to actually help them at this point.
0: Well, let's take a break now, and when we come back, we can find out a little bit more about keeping those trees healthy and some of the things we might consider if we're going to put in some new trees uh, this year. Pam Cook is our guest here on Ask BBB, and we'll be back after this. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan.
1: And I'm Linda Smith.
0: And we're talking trees this morning with Pam Cook, who is the Plant Health Care Manager with CLC Tree Services.
1: Um, We were just talking about blue spruce and their health issues. Are there other preventative measures we can be taking now for other species of trees?
2: Well, I think the best thing to talk about, too, is is helping those blue spruce that are still there, give them lots of water in drought, keep them well happy in the environment. But moving forward, um, how can we prevent things like these diseases like damerald ash borer and the things that are taking down blue spruce trees to be so prolific in our area? Um, Best thing to do is to stop planting the same tree over and over and over again in neighboring areas. Having more variety within the landscape will reduce the loss if something terrible like the emerald ash borer were to come through again and take out monocultures of trees.
1: We'd mentioned in the earlier segment about soil um, compatibility with our selection of trees. How do we then pick trees? We know what the soil is. How do we then move forward with what we want to plant, given there's all these other mitigating factors?
2: Probably the best thing to do is to call up a professional and have somebody help you with that decision-making. Even if you want to do it yourself and you want to plant a tree in your yard, you know, kids love planting trees with their families, but the best thing to be doing is knowing the right tree for the right place so that we don't make a really expensive mistake that 10 years down the line, you have to take it down and start over again, which would be such a shame.
0: Do you and uh, people in the tree service business then do consultations like that? Absolutely. uh, That provide that sort of advice? Yep. Um, uh, Can you do that separately and then the person still plant their own trees or how does it work, Pam?
2: So what we do have a program where we come out and provide consultations on anything and everything when it comes to your landscape or trees. So if you would like to take on a project on your own and you need a little bit of advice or you're seeing some issues with your trees but you don't really know where to go, um, we can come to your place for a fee, uh, provide you with detailed information uh, and written instructions as to how you could move forward or how we could help in some ways and you could take the project to the next level. So
0: you'd have a little instruction sheet after you leave.
2: Yeah, absolutely. But, so we take all of our notes, we bring them back, we write up a detailed schematic for you and hand it back to you for your reference.
0: Now, we, you, we talked about the blue spruce and the other things we need to do. Are there things we should do with our healthy trees now to keep them healthy at this time of year? Is this, this the time to treat trees?
2: This is the best time to be thinking about it, absolutely. Um, when it comes to trees in the urban environment, Uh, We tend to really like to have nice, tidy, neat looking beautiful landscapes. So we take all the leaves and we take all the things that fall off of our perennials and we put them to the curb and away goes all those wonderful nutrients for the next year. Um, When we do that, we're removing a lot of the really important things that those trees need to build back up into their system. So in those scenarios, it's a great idea to be getting your soil test done and fertilizing your trees. But it's always about when to be fertilizing them. Um, Early spring is great, but too early can be a problem as well.
0: Now, we think of the, the lawn and fertilizer. Is there uh, something different we do for the trees, or do they uh, absorb some of the same fertilizer that we put out for the grass?
2: Well, grass is a pretty greedy little guy, and he'll actually take most of that nutrient right off the top. Um, most of the the tree care professionals in the city provo- provide deep root fertilizing. And now that's not going 12 or 13 inches below the surface, but that's getting just below that turf level, below that, those competitive roots. And what that's doing is providing a direct nutrients to those feeder roots of the tree so that they have a fighting chance against some of the more aggressive turf varieties we use these days.
1: Is the age of the tree a factor? Is there different prevention and maintenance uh, factors that we should consider if you have a young tree versus an old tree?
2: Absolutely. Young trees will bounce back um, from damage, from pruning, um, and from some aggressive tactics. Um, If you do have to do some construction or some changes in your yard or grading, uh, young trees will bounce back from that. Old trees, they have a harder time keeping up with it. Um, On an older tree, you should limit the amount of pruning done just to structural um, issues um, as well as uh, any construction happening within your yard or your property should be really well researched before you start digging into the earth around a mature tree.
0: Uh, Construction brings up uh, sort of re-landscaping as well. Mm -hmm. Are there some things that we might not as as do-it-yourselfers consider when we come to changing the landscape or doing construction? You just mentioned that we could do irreparable damage to trees without realizing it. Um, By that same token, when we Uh, decide we want to rip out some bushes and so on, are the things we might not think about.
2: Absolutely. Well, just tree roots are in the ground. That's not the case. There's also all of those lovely things that provide us with electricity and gas into our home. Um, Those can be intertwined with the root systems of our trees, Every time we do any tree removals, stump grinding or shrub removals, we actually get a locate done. And what that does is it marks municipality locates from the road to your home to prevent any long-term damage or detrimental damage to those.
0: So if we have all of that done, our our soil test and we have the dig done, we're all uh, set to go. Um, You mentioned consultation, and one of the things that we at BBB always recommend is that you – Make sure that the, the, the company you're going to do business with is an A-B accredited business. So I guess that's one of the first things is go to a site like the BBB to find a tree company. And then what are some of the first things that we might want to ask uh, the, the tree consultants to make sure they're people we want to do business with?
2: Well, there's a lot of things that you can ask your consultants when they come to your property. Um You want to really spend a little bit of time talking to that person, getting to know um, their experience with trees. Are they experienced with large trees, small trees? Have they planted trees before? How do they plant trees? Do they offer soil testing? Is that something that they even know much about? Um, And some best practices as well. Um, do they have BBB accreditation or any other uh, industry accreditation? WSIB coverage is really important as well as full insurance before they start working at your home. Um, one thing homeowners don't know a lot about is that if a company doesn't have liability insurance and they come to your home, you are now liable for any of the work that they do. So if anyone were to hurt themselves and they don't have enough liability or professional coverage, now all of a sudden you're responsible for anything that happens there.
0: Pam, you've brought us some really valuable information here this morning, and uh, we want to thank you for your time, and uh, thanks for the tips. Pam Cook, uh, Plant care Manager with uh, CLC Tree Services. And I'm sure we'll have you back again, Pam. Thanks.
2: That sounds great.
0: And when we come back, we're going to talk weddings. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan.
1: And I'm Linda Smith.
0: Well... Spring is in the air, but that also means wedding season has sprung. Our communications manager, Ashley Castleman, is here to talk about a new program that BBB launched this week to help make planning your wedding easier. Welcome to Ask BBB, Ashley. Thank you. Now, this uh, new resource is uh, called the BBB Wedding Resource Center. Uh, How can it help consumers, Ashley?
3: Weddings can be very expensive and extremely stressful for everybody involved. And BBB wants to help make wedding planning as easy as possible with our new microsite. Basically, it's a one-stop shop for tips, average pricing, and trusted vendors. The microsite provides budgeting tips, uh, again, average pricing, so you're not going to have that uh, sticker shock when you go to plan the wedding. You'll know what to look from everything from your uh, wedding gown to a DJ.
0: Now, microsite, just... uh for those who might not understand that, <laughs> what is a microsite? That's, um, uh,
3: microsite is basically a sub-site of our main website. So you just have to go to this one section of it, and I'll have everything there for you.
0: So you'll find that on the main BBB yes. site, and there will be an indication that uh, we can find the Wedding Resource Center. Exactly. And then it's like a we've gone into another little room.
1: <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So we all know weddings are a big business. With over 160,000 weddings every year in Canada, that's a lot. What are some specific features on BBB's microsite that will help couples plan for their big day in Western Ontario region?
3: One of the great features that's on the microsite is our important dates. It breaks down your timeline for planning the wedding from uh, 9 to 12 months, from a few weeks before the wedding, right up to the wedding day. This will help you map out what you need to do over the next year.
0: A lot of couples get sticker shock when they go to put that deposit down. Um, how, How can that be prevented?
3: Well, on the microsite, you'll find average pricing for weddings in Canada. Weddingbells.ca does an annual survey of thousands of brides and breaks down the average prices for you. For example, uh, did you know uh, the average wedding in Canada is just over
1: $30,000? So what takes up most of the wedding budget?
3: Uh, the wedding venue and catering usually consumes about 30% of your budget with the average about $11,000 um for a venue, other large items would be uh, the wedding dress. On average, it's about $1,700 and photography at 2100 and a DJ at 1400 So these things really add up to your budget.
1: So what tips will we find on the Wedding Resource Centre?
3: You'll find your standard wedding tips, such as how to pick a wedding photographer, uh, but you'll also find uh, other tips, such as how to save money, uh, little things you can do to uh, cut costs in it without cutting big things.
0: The wedding resource center isn't just for brides, though, is it? Um,
3: no, it isn't. Um, we have the groom zone where uh, the groom will find specific tips for for him of what he can do, little ideas to help plan the wedding to make everything go a little more smoothly, uh,
1: like buying a tux.
0: Yeah, and listening to his. Future wife. Yes.
1: Don't yeah. forget that. <laughs> <laughs> Often couples are asked to put down a huge deposit for vendors. What does the BBB recommend when this happens?
3: Normally, the BBB recommends no more than 25% as a deposit. With the wedding industry, it's a little bit different than putting a roof on your house. Uh, sometimes you have to put 50% down. Um, I know when I went wedding shopping with one of my friends, she had to put 60% down on her wedding dress. That's a huge amount to put down. Um, you might have to put 50% down for a tent rental. Uh, it can be a little bit intimidating as sometimes your wedding date might not be for another year or two. Um, and you're giving money to a business that you don't necessarily, you might not know a lot about and that you hope will be around time. The wedding rolls around. Mm hmm. With our wedding resource center, you'll find a list of trusted vendors, uh, from, anywhere from caterers, tent rentals, uh, gown shops, and more, and uh, florists. That way you know you can trust them. Uh, we've done our review on them, so we know they'll be around when you go to get your wedding.
0: There may be some uh, wedding vendors out there right now listening, and they may want to be part of this uh, resource mm-hmm. center. How, how would they be part of it?
3: Um, You can give us a call at 519-673-3222 or go onto our website and you can apply for accreditation on there. Um, And we can do our investigation and uh, you can join part of our uh, trusted vendors.
0: Well, Ashley, thanks again for a very informative time. Uh, We appreciate the information and we look forward to uh, visiting the new Wedding Resource Center on the BBB site. So next week, we'll be back with more on BBB in spring. Um, the weather warms up. We want to open the windows, and we'll be talking windows. And remember, you can always ask BBB. Visit the website at BBB.org. Or contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at BBB Western Aunt. And if you have questions or guest suggestions, tweet us at AskBBB. That's hashtag AskBBB. Well, thanks, Ashley, for being with us once more and for producing the program once again today.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: And so until next time, I'm Jim Swan.
1: And I'm Linda Smith.
0: Remember, ask BBB.
1: And start with trust.